for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And guys, what is up? Not much. We live in a new world. Did you hear? No more daylight savings. In 2023. 2023. So we're gonna have I'm living hey, I'm living it already, man. And isn't it <laughs> permanent hey, I hate to I hate to correct you. Isn't it permanent daylight savings time? Uh which which would also mean technically no daylight savings time. But as we, I said, <laughs> but we would live in existence where it's only daylight savings time. So it's actually the it's the mm. absence of no daylight savings time that we'd be. Cha- uh, 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 Has this actually been decided yet? Uh, it well, was voted on, and yeah, the, I think so. The Senate voted on it. It went. It's going to the House now, and that seems to be the feels like the there's going to be a bit of an issue there. As Syndrome said, when everyone is is a superhero, no one is a superhero. So mm. my point stands. Also like And also a little movie reference for you uh film heads yeah. out there. <laughs> I know some of the, I know some of you listeners like some of these movies, so uh um yeah, it's a uh somebody pointed out on Twitter of all the things that are going on in Congress, all these bills are being held up. This is the one that went through is this daylight savings time bill, which may not like in all likelihood is probably not even gonna be ratified at all. What's the what's the Simpsons clip where like they're gonna save Springfield and the meteor's gonna hit them? Oh, and then they it's, like um, he, he applies like a bill. He's like, We wanna apply a bill to like, you know, like get sex offenders out of, you know, prison or something. It's, it's like, no, it's uh it's uh the, it's the pervert arts. <laughs> yeah, perverted arts, and he's yeah. like motion denied. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it before and I'll say it again. Democracy it does simply work. doesn't work. Yeah. All um, in favor of the Springfield slash pervert <laughs> perverted arts bill. It is just a funny distillation of like how bureaucracy works like that. Sometimes it's like, I want to put this little writer on and fuck the whole thing up for everyone. Yeah. All right. Which sort of um, feels like probably what's going to happen. With... Oh, we're getting freaking political guys. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, we can hopefully some of us watch some political thrillers as we talk about some of these. Movies that we have seen, Robert. What do you seen? Ooh, movies we've seen. Um, I think since we last uh, spake, mm-hmm. I had that, seen. That's correct. I have seen the Batman. Ooh. Kill the Batman, as Ooh. Heath Ledger Joker in a different movie said once. Um, it's great. I will save my thoughts for what will likely be a full ep from us at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh. Three hours flew by. Robert Battenson. Robert Battenson. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Kratz Kratz woman. Kratz woman. And uh, uh, Ridley Scott as the Riddler. But that's (laughs) not the name of the Ridley Scott plays the Riddler? (laughs) Wow, the role he was born to play. (laughs) Yeah, finally. Get out of that directing, my dude. Um yeah, it was great. I will we'll talk about it. I forget um, if we talked about it on here, but I thought it was very funny. Somebody brought up because Paul Dano plays the Riddler. That's, that's the one. The mask off here. It's Paul Dano. Um, but that he said 
that he had a really hard time disengaging from the you know the darkness of the Riddler, and it's just like, you know, one I don't want to hear another person echo what happened to Heath Ledger from the Joker, you know, like it just like that's kind of what you know. I don't want to say that's the what vibe you get when you hear someone say that. Right. Yeah. But also like Paul Dano played a slave owner in 12 years a slave. And so like that, he had a hard, just the easiest time. Like, Oh, you know, I can just do that as a role. But the fucking Riddler is where he's like, Oh, this is, I'm just so twisted from this role. It's just like, dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> relax. like, I'm not really a puzzle guy, but hu- uh, human servants for life. I'm down yeah, for I that. See, yeah. I can see when they're coming. Um, that is uh, an interesting quote. I, I I try and be forgiving of folks on press tours because it feels like it, it just an, it, you're also, inundated with the same bullshit. But that's not a great quote. It's not a great quote. I mean, like it just it's it's sort of like a lack of uh, like remembrance of like the roles that he's played, and like also like I'm sure he was given that line by like Warner Brothers and DC, like ooh, make sure that people know that this Riddler's a little twisted. Yeah. Uh, maybe he was just saying that it was really easy to, to get out of the mindset of a slave owner. He was like, that's not something I was comfortable yeah. in. I was instantly out. Oh, that's, that could be interesting. Yeah. Cause I it is, it is played as uh question marks. That's yeah. Yeah. That he's like, yeah. Where he's like, mm, I just really like puzzles. So it was hard to get out of the role. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've been um, going to trivia every night. There you go. Uh, besting. He's like the pedantic guy. Like, um, actually I have a better trivia question. Oh God. <laughs> Oh God, Riddler's here again. Um, you know, fair, a little different than the Jim Carrey one. I'll say that. Hope that's not too much of a spoiler. They're wondering if he's going to show up, and then they see a little coffee mug in the corner with a question mark in the in the latte. They're like, "Oh no, he's he's on his." And then Chief, we just got a we just got a break. There's someone doing question mark latte art. Could it be <laughs> the Riddler? <laughs> My God. Um, I went to a drinking establishment, a bar. And they were playing VHS tapes. Mm, love them. Mm. And the film that was on, El Dorado. You guys seen it? The animated movie? Yeah. The Road to El Dorado, you mean? Sure. <laughs> yeah, is there it. a regular movie called El Dorado? Um, Prove me wrong. Is that the one that you watched? Huh? I watched, yeah, the one, the really horny one. Or like right. the girl in it is is very specifically like like hey she was she was the one who was acting all sexy in front of the guys okay okay so there is a there's a 1966 movie with John Wayne called El Dorado is that it God damn it is that it because there's <laughs> is it a, animated there's an animated movie okay. with Kevin Klein and Kenneth he Brana. was playing the sexy woman in it yeah. Oh, okay. And Rosie Perez. I'm sure Rosie, I guess Rosie Perez was, or maybe Edward James almost was the horny woman. I heard he was almost the horny woman. Or Jigsaw himself, Tobin Bell could have been the horny mm. woman. No, this is the, this is the more, I would have been, I think, late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Eldorado, the road to Eldorado, um, which is good. I've seen before. I watched the rest of it when I got home because it was like, I, I came in when it was like on the tail end of it. Sure. Um, but it's fun, and it's one of those ones that is like weird because it's not Disney, so kind of doing its own thing. It's it's being very like uh, obviously horny as opposed to Disney being kind of like secretly horny and like hiding shit in their movies, mm-hmm. like the priest's boner from Ariel, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, really <laughs> just his knee. I'm good. I'm good at movie titles. Um, <laughs> and then, um, we were back there a couple of days later, and they were finishing up bring it on 
and then put on and we watched almost the whole entirety of bring it on again (laughs) clueless which is a a, an adaptation of emma if you didn't know wow robbie you're so full of facts tonight Mm -hmm. just don't know the names of movies (laughs) um great to see um Mm -hmm. and uh just so weird seeing I even asked like Jamie, I was like, where have some of these actors gone? Like they're great in all these movies. And Stacy Dash like, is uh That was the one where I was like, Where is she now? Nope. She's great. Yep, she and is, Jamie uh, had to remind me that she sucks. Yep. Ass. She um, is a frequent contributor to Fox News. Or at yes, least she so, was during the Trump years. I don't know what she's doing now, but Oh, probably something even worse somehow. Yeah. Um yeah, bad bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I've also watched a couple movies um because I I'm watching YouTube reactions. So I'll do like watch alongs. So I'll like watch the movie before them or whatever, or uh, watch along with them. And uh, saw some stuff that I've seen before, like Drawn Legacy, uh, Dirty Dancing, Doctor Strange. Do you want me to count these or do you just want to like, I'm trying to. I did watch them. Okay, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't have as much in depth to say because I've seen, you know, seen them all before. Sure. Uh, or one or a couple I, I haven't seen as as recently, but I've seen before, like uh, The Untouchables mm-hmm. is, is a good one. Um, that scene in the beginning, have you guys seen it? No. Kind of about no. like uh, Prohibition era and Elliot Ness going out, uh, going against uh, Capone. Um, in the starting, there's like a guy drops off, like basically like tries to shake down a store owner and he's like, oh, I'm not going to like, you know, pay you with production money or whatever. And he leaves a brief a briefcase. And then the little girl at the counter is like, mister, you left your briefcase. And then the whole like freaking place blows up oh. along with the little girl and stuff. Pretty wild stuff. And, you know, there was some real crazy bloodshed around all of that. What a time. What a time. Um, yeah, that. And I watched uh, the other ones. I watched uh, Logan, Stargate and Silence of the Lambs. Cool. You got these? You got these all, Andrew? I'm not writing these. I'm not. If you're not going to say anything about these movies, then I am not hmm. even going to include them in the so show. So I notes. have the power to whether you'll say something about them. You don't have to write them. You don't have to list them all down. I but I I did rewatch them and I I enjoyed them. I just, well, uh, just those don't are, have those will be to little say. treats for people who listen who aren't just paying attention to the show notes. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Where do you find the time for all of these movies? This is not. I mean, I feel like I'm behind as far as like as many as i could be watching i just don't always feel like in the mood to sit down and watch a whole movie sometimes but like 20 20 movies you just listed off that was not 20 that was like mm, 10 15 now if andrew were keeping track we would know but Uh, we would know for sure um, but hey you know what it's lost to the ages dear god my i can't read the amount of uh, it's so many uh, it's so many movies um the but that's a new phone now new sim card it's all full That's what I've seen, except for the movie we'll talk about later in the episode, which I've watched twice, including just earlier today. Wow. Max, what about you? What do you watch? Uh, I watched Wind River. It has Hawkeye and uh, Wanda Vision. Oh, yeah. Without Vision. And Wanda, Wanda Vision. <laughs> and Wanda. <clears throat> and it was a good movie. It was a well-made movie. Uh, it, it, it had you know, good characterization, stuff like that. Some twists, some turns. It did have a big problem with like the white savior thing where it was just, you know, like on an Indian reservation. And then uh, here comes Jeremy Renner and, uh, and Elizabeth Olsen to save the day. Uh, but other than that, 
I think it was a good movie, worth a watch. Interesting. It, it has some parts that are hard to watch. It involves uh, some nasty business. Sex. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the nastiest business. That's right. And oh yeah, it also has uh, a Bernthal at some point has Punisher in there too. Plays a, a kind of a smaller role, but he's in it too. I also watched uh, Minari. Uh huh. Which, oh, nice. which is about you guys know it. Yeah. Yeah, heard of it. Haven't watched it yet. It's good. I recommend it. Um, yeah, about a. Uh, if you were taking Korean show notes, you would have known that I talked about this a couple of months ago. So. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't check the notes, but I expect <laughs> you to write all of these down. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what'd you think of it? I liked it a lot. I'll go back. Wait, I hope you I hope you put something salacious about Max in the notes because yeah. we know he doesn't read them. Yeah, I I think like the um the the thing I came away with is because it, it's an A twenty four produced movie about a Korean family. I was expecting a little more of a like darker tale sort of about mm. like especially because it's a it's a korean it's a korean family who moves to like rural arkansas right yeah I and think something like i that. was just sort of expecting there to be a little more just you know in in the vein of what a24 usually kind of their fare kind of comes out with it to be just a little darker you know in terms of like the race relation stuff in the movie but it's like you know, there's 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 a little bit of it, like you know, kids kind of running up to the Korean kids and being like, "Why is your face different?" or something like that. And it's, also, have you heard the legend of the Korean ghost nearby? And then the, the whole real A twenty four. There we go. Starts. Yeah. Then the, the actual A twenty four title card comes on, and <laughs> fifty eight minutes into the movie, produced by Jordan Peele, all of a sudden, just like, "What the fuck?" Ooh, then that's the new one. His new one coming out. I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, nope. You aren't. Oh. Oh. Um, uh, what did yeah, you think I of thought it? Minari, I thought Minari was really good. I yeah. thought it, like they did a good job of, of giving all of the family members character, and uh, their interactions were awesome. I um I really thought Will Patton was like almost unrecognizable as like the kind of like weird like very religious guy who like works on the farm with with the main character with the dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. He speaking is, in tongues. He is like. I you know I've seen him in so many things and it's he's nearly unrecognizable in this role like he, he like he's I mean he's so good but I was just Agreed. like dang like I barely recognized that that was him until like there was like a there's like a certain shot where it's like is that the guy from like Remember the Titans and then I looked it up I was like yeah that's that's him and he just he just like has like you know his hair's all fucked up and he's his skin looks gross and it's just like oh like he really just and sometimes. Just, Sometimes he's wearing those like huge glasses that yeah. kind of uh, change the whole look of his face. Yeah, yeah. That first, the first scene that he shows up in, he's unrecognizable. Yeah. And then I watched uh, uh, another A twenty four movie, The Green Knight. Ooh, what do you think? Ooh, I I thought I thought it was. Uh, I thought. I thought. <laughs> uh, another. Hmm, I pondered movie. it. I certainly did. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of left me with a lot of questions. You know, what was that movie about at the end? Um, but I uh, really enjoyed it. Of course, the oh, cinematography good. is great. Um, I ah. think A24 does a good job with that, although they also do a little fuckery like the 
there's the like title cards that pop up with the words and early on they have one that's done in like 15 different fonts just like flashing really quickly they're all like medieval so very hard to read but they Mm -hmm. say the same thing it's just like really awkward and i i still have no idea why they did that it seems Hmm. like it might just be like a throwback to like the fact that the story is based on a lost Arthurian legend. Like there's not an original anymore and there's uh, versions of it and recreations, but it's, it's very much been kind of like changed and passed down. So it is also a movie where like, I think if you went in expecting like an action kind of medieval film with like, like it, it feels like it was secretly hewing closer to the original like tale or epic poem, which is sort of weird and, uh, uh you know hard to parse and like it feels not pointless but like yeah you say at the end like you wonder what the whole point of it was also i don't want to like spoil too much but kind of reminds me of like uh an occurrence at owl creek bridge or a little bit at the end where it feels like it 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 feels like a a movie where you experience it's almost like you're experiencing the movie and it could be a second in someone's life that they're that that's like 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 washing over their mind almost Mm. oh Mm -hmm. and uh that freak barry Keegan shows up and you know shit's going to get crazy when he shows up in a movie. Who that? He's the one tromping around in the mud in the movie, Max, who's like, hey, can you spare anything for me? I'm on this battlefield. He's like, oh, yeah, here's some money. He's Droog. Droog from uh, the Eternals. Droog from the Eternals Mm. and uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's just like, that's like a Twitter thing I saw at one point where it's like, when this dude rolls up into your film, like, you know, things are about to go off. Um, He's really good at it. Nearly everyone in that movie is is someone you know recognizable. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, but yeah, the main uh, the main actor uh, his name is escaping me, but he Dev is Patel. Dev Patel. He's incredibly good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just like how weird it was, and just was really visually uh, stunning to me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm not always into uh, the really slow heady stuff but uh i think it was good and it had enough weird visuals to keep me uh intrigued through do you think it you think you would have felt different if you had gone out i mean not, not that you necessarily would have but if you'd seen it in the theater do you think you would have felt different because i think some people were also like going in kind of amped up to a theater experience and then we're like oh this is a little slower i could have done this at home or it's not what i wanted but i also i saw it in a theater and i thought the visual was great yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it in the theater. Um, I don't really do theaters too often anymore. I know, yeah. Honestly, so like uh, hard hard for me to put myself in that mindset. Think uh, back I, to the past. <laughs> I don't think I would be disappointed coming out of that one. Oh, good. Okay. Were people? Is that what? I, I that just what think there asking? was, and, and this is also a very small sample size, but I feel like I, I was hearing from some folks that like, because they thought it was going to be like a slightly different kind of movie, they would have like waited and seen it at home since it's like a little slower, a little headier, like you said, versus like a big actiony movie. But I think because of the visuals and, and how arresting and cool they are, I was happy to see it. That's one of the few movies that I think I saw during this whole time in the theater. It reminded me of a horror movie, I think more than any other genre, because it, it really feels like that. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? Why are you, why are you putting yourself in this situation? Mm. Like, anytime you know, somebody, oh, I'm going to go outside and check something by myself. You guys stay in here. Yeah, it's like, like unsettling. Right, it dead, feels right? it feels yeah. like a bad dream, kind of. But, yeah. and, but not always, but yeah, parts of it, yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, what's her face? Isn't she, isn't the woman who played um, Enfys Nest 
and yeah. uh, the woman from uh, Fal- uh, Falcon and Captain America in it too. Yeah. Yep, she's in it. And then you also have the woman from Game of Thrones who breastfeeds her kid until he's like 12 years old. And you have... Uh, oh, she's so good. She's uh, uh, King Arthur's uh, wife, uh, Guinevere, I think. Yeah, yep. That part where she gets like possessed is so crazy. I love that. And then Dev Patel's mom was also in uh, Homeland mm. as the the wife of Sal. Veritable who's Saul, who. Sal Berenson, uh, not Sal. And, uh, oh, and then the, the King was also in the next movie I watched. Uh, he, I watched Spencer. Mm. Still haven't seen it, but it's on my list. Uh, yeah. He plays a head chef in that one. Wow. And, uh, and you know yeah, who else he is? He's the, um, he's the guy from the famous mission impossible fallout trailer. <laughs> Just from the trailer. Right. He, wasn't Just in the trailer. Movie, but... he was, he was in the movie, but I think of him more from the trailer. Cause I saw that trailer so much all your good intentions. I kind of wondered where I knew him from. And I looked up, Oh, fallout. And I think, is it Harris? Is that his name? Something Harris. I'm trying to remember. It it was one of those ones that wasn't too memorable once I saw it, but, Uh, but I liked him and he was a weird, it was, it was weird to see King Arthur as like this sallow kind of like, it was like, you know, he'd been King for a while. So they were not like the most spry looking, uh, uh, King and queen really. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Spencer, Kristen Stewart playing um, uh, Lady Di, Princess Diana. And um, it was okay. It's okay. <laughs> she, she really, the whole time looked like, uh, like, oh my gosh, Kate McKinnon in a uh, Hillary Clinton wig. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, it was a... It was a little bit difficult to watch hmm. because it had terrible music. And I think that was intentional. It kind of like sets you on edge. It was like jazz and then a bunch of uh, violins playing a note that you don't really want to be hearing. <laughs> and huh. the whole I think the whole idea is to try and like put you in the mindset of uh, Princess Diana and how unsettled she is by everything going on around her. Sure. And but like in terms of watching the movie, you feel it the whole time. And I I don't know. I don't know what I got from that from from, hmm. from watching it, except me. I think it's for people who are really into Princess Diana and want to understand her a little bit more. But it also seemed like you're only getting that one aspect of that her. one weekend or whatever for life. Yeah. And so it would have been nice to to see more of a like a complete complete picture of what's going on rather than just like oh it's it's always uncomfortable sure anyways I, andrew uh you seen anything yeah watched uh easy a um with uh oh god emma, my stone? King, emma stone and yeah I, i've seen it before but sort of a fun little teen comedy stanley tucci plays her dad stanley tucci and patricia clarkson are her parents and i think they're such a fun pair as her parents um and she's fun in the movie too um yeah enjoyed watching it again uh also watched angels in the outfield with uh joseph levitt and star-studded cast i had not seen that movie in a very long time and so now seeing the movie it's you know before a lot of these careers took off but you know obviously joseph gordon levitt and Danny Glover, like the main, you know, like Tony Danza, like the three that you remember, 
Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey's in it. Uh, Adrian Brody is in it. Wow. And there's one other guy where I'm just like, damn, he's in this too, but I can't remember now. Christopher Lloyd. Oh, that's right. Christopher Lloyd. Right before he took off. He was in those obscure Back to the Future movies that not yeah, a lot of people yes. saw. Those little indies. Um, so it's easy to forget. But yeah, I was just like, damn, like there's a lot of like people who just went on to do much bigger things in here, but they're just like players on the baseball team. It's not even they're like getting like you know, like, oh, this this actor's on their way. It's just like they're just dorks on the team. From hitting bigger dings to going to bigger things. <laughs> That's exactly right, Robert. Well said. <laughs> Well said. Is that the is that the movie with pitchers got a big butt? No, that's uh, that's uh, rookie of the year. Rookie right? of the year, yeah. That is. Someone was just talking to me about that movie, and I had we were like correcting them because they couldn't. They were like, "Is that the one where like the kid's arm is is like messed up and he's throwing pitches?" And he's like, "That's Angels in the Outfield, right?" And we were like, "No, I think that's like Rookie of the Year." And he's like, "No, it's like you know they." he throws the ball and like, you know, and, and he and like, there's like a weird thing in this. And I'm like, we're not, it's not, there's no angel that you've described. Yet. Dude, what are you we are about? not the same. If you think that is angels in the outfield. Yeah. How could you possibly confuse those two movies? God, what an idiot. What a dork. I think he was also confusing like major league with, uh, Oh God, Charlie Sheen. Right. Duh. Winning. Yeah. I think he probably won in that movie. They did. There you go. The Indians won the pennant. Or what are they now? The Guardians? Oh, I have no idea. The Cleveland Guardians? Of the I Galaxy? Think? Yeah. They're the, the Climate of... Pledge uh, baseball squad. That's right. I think they, yeah, whatever. Anyways, uh, that's it for movies that we see. Let's talk about TV shows. We see. TV shows we've seen. We've seen. What? Yes. 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 It's not a real episode until you get the double shot. Hell yeah. Shut shut up. Just shut up. Uh Robert, what are you seeing? Uh I I haven't really seen a lot of TV. I was trying to think if there was episodes of something I had watched recently, but I think I've just been hey, as Max pointed out, I've just been a movie freak. <laughs> I've been missing out on all the shows. Um I did rewatch like a couple episodes of Arcane, but I've covered it on the podcast. I am really excited for that second season of that show. When's it um, coming out? I don't know when it's coming out because it seems like it seems like one of those things where like they must have known they had a hit and have been working on it, but they mm-hmm. had such a small announcement with like no footage that I was like, mm, maybe they truly have to like redo contracts and be like, everyone come back for another. It just I love that it's like it came out in three episode chunks, three three episode chunks. I thought was great because they were all like different little kind of arcs. Um, it's hard to picture where the characters will kind of go from there. It ends on a huge cliffhanger. Um, uh, but I, and I was just thinking to myself, like I would, this looks as good, if not better than like spider verse and, uh, you know, similar like animated films. Like I would 100% go to a theater or, or, you know, pay to watch a full length movie of this stuff. I think the, the story that they're doing definitely called for a show and that format and, and amount of time spent on it. But, um, it just looks so damn good. I'm. I just need more. So yeah, that's that's mostly the the TV I've seen. Uh, what about you, Max? Uh, I watched a show called Anxious People, which is from another country. I think Denmark, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, subtitled about um, some cops in a small town, uh, and then a bank robber who escapes and runs up into a uh an apartment complex and ends up taking this 
uh, place hostage. Basically, like there's an open house going on in one of the rooms. And so everyone at the open house kind of gets um, trapped in there Mm. with the, the bank robber. And then through the through the episodes, they kind of. Uh, tell the story of each of these uh, characters who are in there and uh, unravel the mystery of who who it was who robbed the bank because they have a, a mask on when they run up in there. Oh, okay. But they managed to escape somehow. And so you got to find out by watching it. It was pretty good. It was based on a book that Jenny read. And uh, yeah, I guess it, it varied a little bit uh, from the book, but I thought it was fun. It was cool. It was a good watch. Another one with uh, characters that <laughs> that uh, are interesting and have a good um, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I also watched The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. Mm-hmm. Me too. Kristen Bell. Uh, that one's fun. It's yeah. It, it is a really good mix of being uh, tense and mysterious but also very strange mm-hmm. and funny yeah it is Weird, supposed, oh, it, it's supposed to be sort of a spoof on shows like it but like yeah it's yeah it, it does a good job of, of towing that line of like it is sort of it is farcical obviously but like it's also kind of being a like being farcical but also being an entry in the genre that it's sort of being farcical of mm-hmm. i was gonna mm-hmm. say it i i haven't seen it at all but like in the way that like uh they came together is like making fun of every romantic comedy but it's also a good romantic comedy mm-hmm. yeah 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 i feel like it it nails those same the feelings that you would get from from the genre but then also just like being completely wild in a lot of cases and some of the some of the uh some of the jokes that they do are so stupid but Mm -hmm. but fun of things just getting i normally don't like the repeated jokes but when she's she's coming up with examples of something and then she says i don't know and then she comes up it's like this and this Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like this and that Uh, that part had me cracking up so hard i don't know why (laughs) i don't know uh so good um, I also watched Cobra Kai season, whatever we're on now four. I think it's four. Think. Yeah. What'd you Not think? too shabby. Yeah. If you've seen the other seasons, uh, and you want more of that, keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't really think that I'm the, the LaRussos are so hard to like. I know. They're, and I can't tell because like they're making mistakes the same way that uh lawrence's but mm-hmm. he's just way you don't judge him the same way that you judge them it, they it feels like they should know better but they don't ever it's and it the, also feels it, like they it's um it. like i would say the comparable thing is that like the larusso's would be the liberal neighbors that you have that have the in this house we believe science is real black lives matter but like don't actually live their life that way they just want the status of like looking and being nice and i kind of think that's the the larusso's like that's their veneer of like they're the nice family you know the the daniel owns the car dealership and like it's the same thing with miyagi Do, where it's like they're like they're the ones who are playing by the rules so they're supposed to be kind of the nice ones but like daniel's a dick and like 
you know, John, they start so many of the fights. Yeah. And like Johnny is also a dick, but Johnny's like, I am a dick. Like I'm a very mm-hmm. aware that I'm a dick. You know, Eagle Fang is like, we don't play by the rules, you know, and like, like he's more upfront about it and is very much like, I'm a fucking asshole. What do you want from me? And like the LaRussos are the ones who are like, no, we're supposed to be nice, but then they end up doing awful stuff. It also seems like so up and down whether or not they acknowledge the fact that the LaRussos are terrible. Yeah. You know, it seems like sometimes they'll go like, oh, they have faults, uh, but they don't necessarily go all in and, because other times they'll just they'll blow it off. Right. Sure. Like they won't even call out the fact that the mom is just watching her kid harass some other kid at their job mm. and getting her fired and stuff like that. You know, it's just like aren't you going to mention that? Aren't you right. going to like point out that that was uh, not a great thing to do? Yeah. The, the, the youngest Lou Russo in this season, like the way that he just like completely starts fucking with that kid. And then like, by the end of the season, you're supposed to be like, no, like the Lou Russo kid is like the good one. Like he's trying to help him out. Yeah. Like, like he shouldn't have been such a fucking asshole to this kid to start with. Like that's like, he turned him into a bully. So like that, you know, first like, half of the, First half of the season, I thought, are are they going with the, uh, like cyberbullying suicide storyline here? Like, I don't want to see this. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> terrible family. Agreed. Uh, makes it a little bit hard to watch. Uh, I also watched uh, Our Flag Means Death. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I've been meaning to. Oh, I've been meaning to. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. Uh, the first episode, I will say, um, does not do it that justice i mm-hmm. think it doesn't do a great justice it the first half of it isn't that good the second half start it starts to warm up so like uh, by the end of it i think you'll want to keep watching but sure. uh, it doesn't start on the on the best of footing so if you aren't enjoying it you know give it a little bit more time mm-hmm. reese darby playing a, a pirate and taika actually coming in yeah, and some other cameos. I won't spoil too much, and sure. we can talk about stuff later. But yeah, uh, a good pirate comedy, uh, very loosely based on some real stories, like about uh, Steed Bonnet, who who like left his family in order to become a pirate, but wasn't very good at it. So sure, interesting stuff. Uh, I also started Around the World in Eighty Days, which is David Tennant uh, flying in a. Well, I guess in the first episode, he's flying in a balloon, but it's just him trying. He's not a very adventurous guy, but he's in like an adventurer's club and they all make fun of him. But he's uh, trying to prove his worth by going around the world in 80 days, uh, proving that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's it's good. I like period pieces for some reason. I think just the like having it separated it into a you love today's movie then. (laughs) Robert. <laughs> uh, but uh, it also seems a little bit like it's going to have a moral for every uh, episode that's a little bit like too much, a mm. little bit too heavy handed. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. So far, I'm even, only two episodes in. This, how new is this? I didn't even hear that there was like a show of this starting. I do not know. It's on PBS, Masterpiece Theater. So maybe it just mm. hasn't really like been getting because i know they did like a i feel like they did a one with jackie chan years ago mm-hmm. oh, the movie, obviously yeah. Yeah, obviously they've made the movie multiple times i feel like but um yeah i didn't yeah. know there was a series yeah cool. uh hopefully jackie chan shows up at some point oh fingers he's crossed. gotta fingers crossed catches a bullet with his teeth 
Caught your bullet. Yeah. And that's all that I've seen. Is it my turn now? No. Uh, okay. I think we're done. Okay, cool. Uh, right, <laughs> Psych. I'm going. Um, I uh, have caught up on Star Trek Discovery. Season four is on airing now on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I, yeah, I really, I like New Trek. I know a lot. Of, it's kind of divisive. In There's also a lot of New Trek, not just like There's a lot of New show. Trek, yes. Um, it's New Trek is very divisive amongst the Star Trek community, but I enjoy New Trek quite a lot. Also enjoy Old Trek, but um, Discovery is really good. This new season's good. Um, it's clear that this was filmed during COVID because a lot of characters are just like, you're going to go have this adventure off screen for like six episodes. So like, we'll see you later. Um, that's happened more than once where a character's just like, Oh, I have to go do this thing now. Um, bye. And they're just like gone for a, you know, certain amount of episodes. Um, but yeah, the season has been good. It was, it was, I, I like kind of having like, cause I kind of, came back on to the the series or the season when it was like eight episodes in so it's always fun to kind of catch up really quick with a bunch of episodes like that um so i'm enjoying that uh star trek picard also just came back season two Mm -hmm. and i am enjoying season two i think more than season one i'd like to rewatch season one i remember not really being that into it but i wonder if i just was not in the right headspace or mood for it because i'm liking season two a lot Mm. Um, you think maybe they learned something from like it could have been I mean like it's it like it sort of feels like they not that they retconned season one out but it kind of feels like there is a little bit of like maybe recognizing that what they did in season one wasn't everybody's cup of tea so like this one is sort of like well let's try something new and so quite literally they're like I don't want to get too into the weeds of like what they're doing but like it's sort of like a Let's remove them from this situation. Like all these characters, let's remove them from the situation, and like put them in a different, like cup of tea. Cup of tea, yeah. And it was also fun to see Q again because I was gonna ask whether that was too much of because they. I know he was in the advertisements, but that yeah. is exciting that Q is back. Yes, I don't know why, and they, especially at the uh, height of Q's popularity in our yeah, I, you know, yeah, current I was, time. I. I have a friend who is like just getting into Star Trek, and I was like, just. I thought you guys like just getting into QAnon. Yeah, just like <laughs> tipping, dipping their toes into 4chan. Um, no, they're just getting into Star Trek, and I was like, just to give you a heads up, the main antagonist of the Next Generation is a character named Q, <laughs> and so like, just. But it was cool before the yeah, new, yeah, team, which is also cool, right? But he is not anonymous, so <laughs> got to give him that. But yeah, I season two has been very interesting so far. And I look forward to more of it. And then um, I think that's it. No, Upload. I've been watching, uh, my wife and I have been watching Upload. Oh, right. On Amazon Prime. It's a TV show. It's on Prime. It's about like when you die, basically somebody has come up with the technology that you can upload yourself into like a, basically like a cloud server and so it's sort of, it's like a digital heaven that you exist in, but you can still also interact with people who it's, are it's still alive. It's like a alive. good place. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> you could say it like that. Um, but you can interact with people who are still on Earth. Like they can sort of like connect to the cloud and then like they can still talk to you and have like sort of a digital romance with you. 
Um, and you can, you know, interact back or make friendships. And so it's like you basically it's life after death sort of thing where like you continue living sort of through the cloud and all that stuff. But yeah, there's a this season they've introduced like a group who doesn't think this is such a good idea. And there's a lot of like intrigue about like who killed this this main character is played by Robbie Amell, Stephen Amell's cousin. Um and so he was like a developer who was coming up with a, a version of what this was and he was killed. And so now there's a little bit of intrigue over who killed him, why they killed him. And so it's interesting. And like, it's, it's got like a cute romance going on in it. Robbie Mel's very likable as like the kind of dorky doofus guy. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, con- the concept Sounds to me like it would be a dystopian future where you would have to ha- like normally you would have to have enough money to do it. And That's, that exactly like it. The, That's exactly that it. That's exactly it. Like there are like there is there are lower levels of like what I forget what the what the like heaven is in this, but like there are lower levels of it where like you have like a real like small shitty apartment, like almost like no windowed, like white walled sort of like rooms. And like basically you have to buy your way into and like it's a a lot of it is like commentary on like in-app purchasing and like, you know, that sort of like fucked up, like the entire fucked up culture of money. Um, I kind of thought, I wonder if they skip this because it's on Prime, (laughs) like skip the dystopian future aspect, but it was probably just like Bezos signed off on it because he was like, hey, that's cool. I could have a much better afterlife than everyone else. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. He's, he was signing off on the concept, not the show. He thought he was yeah. doing that for himself. He just wants the writers to kind of develop the future for him. Right. Yeah. The future that he wants. So, yeah, I, I think like if you have Prime, I think it's a pretty fun watch. And yeah, yeah that's it for me. Shall we talk about the movie that we watched this week, guys? We should. Sure. Okay, let's, let's talk it. about it. Disney Plus, Pixar, and Disney present Turning Red. That is Taylor Swift with the song Red off of the album Red. Turning Red. Disney Plus, Pixar. Um, before we get into story stuff, would you guys recommend people tune into Disney Plus, crank up the Disney Plus machine, grab that remote, put the batteries in, and select Turning Red? Uh, in exactly that order, um, 100%. I love this movie. So nice I watched it twice. Big Max. recommendation for me. Max, what about you? Right on. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the best Pixar in a while. I also agree with that. And if you're anything like me and you saw the previews and kind of thought like, like, I don't know, maybe the like red, like, because the the promo stuff doesn't really reveal much of what the story's about, I guess. Like, especially the You know that there's going to be a red panda thing. And it, it kind of felt like, I was like, oh, that's, it almost feels uninspired and like it was almost like I, I should have trusted Pixar a little more. Sure. Um, but it was like one of those things where I was like, I'm excited to watch it just because I know it's Pixar. Um, but it wasn't a thing where I was like, I'm counting down the days on my calendar to see this. And so when we fired up the movie and like, I was just like, damn, this is not just like 
really good, but like maybe an upper echelon Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. I was just like, damn, like I underestimated this by a lot and I'm really glad this movie exists. I was going to say that like this, this one was the first one where the marketing had me actually excited where like I saw, I saw the, the trailer for it. And I think it was just basically they took one of the early clips from the show and, or from the movie and just put it up there mm-hmm. kind of as it was with a like little montage after it. But um, I really liked the, the feel of the characters. I like the, the weird quirkiness of it. Mm-hmm. And so like most Pixar movies recently, I have not been excited about. I've enjoyed them when I watched them, but I wasn't like, you know, I got to go out and see this one. This one was like, I want to watch this when it comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was not disappointed. Yeah. I I mean, I still think Soul is one of their better movies. I um probably would I I think like when I when we talked about it, I was like really high on it. And I you know, I've probably come down to earth about it a little bit. It's it, I still think it's really good, but it's maybe not their best movie, and I do feel like in a couple months when I've like sat on this movie and seen it a couple times, I will still feel like this is probably one of their better movies. And I think like yeah. Part of that is, and, you know, we can get into plot stuff now. I think that what this movie does is very, and, like, I don't, I don't, like, calling the movie brave is, like, too strong of a of a word, but because... And it's already taken by Pixar. That's, that's true. true. That is true. Yeah. It would be really weird to call this movie brave. And then not have and Merida should show should be called up. Turning Red. Right. <laughs> not have Merida at least show up in the movie. Yeah. You know, like she was in, she was in Wreck-It Ralph. So like, why can't she show up in turning red? Her hair's red too. Um, but to have a movie that is like, it, it's not just an allegory for female puberty. It's straight up about female puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like there, there's been like a big kerfluffle online about like, you know, conservative parents being really upset that like this movie is, you know, it's not for kids and uh, da, da, and just like, there's so I mean, many movies about male puberty. And mm-hmm. like as Jillian and I were watching it, I was just like, I you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but like you might be able to count the amount of movies that are uh, like not just that include a realistic portrayal of female puberty, but are like have it in the movie whatsoever in, on like two hands maybe, but like we might have Carrie, Carrie. Carrie. We, we got uh freaking red. Turning red. Yeah. You you got uh, the uh, the Virgin Suicides. That's a nice light one too. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like to have like, it. <laughs> to have like a movie that is, and like I think like you know uh, the the whatever the conservative outlash is just or you know like it's just so weird. People are just you know like it's I don't know because like there's again there's so many movies that are about you know boys discovering their their bodies and like you know oh you're getting your first pubes oh you're crushing on girls and like that sort of stuff like there's a fucking million movies about that shit and like the idea that like a movie that is not and like not and you know like it's not making it out to be gross either like it's just a movie that is like it's about you know you know like maturing and going through these changes in your body and having it manifest as turning into a red panda is, you know, like, 
again, like we are three men who are, have never experienced this and will never experience this. But like, I do feel like that sort of thing is just not present in cinema for a lot of like female identifying moviegoers to like see a story about what they've gone through on screen like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I will. Feel, sorry, go ahead, Max. I didn't even feel like it was like, like you said, it they, they weren't going like full on with anything. I imagine this outrage comes from people who haven't seen the movie yeah. and have just heard that yeah. it is about this. And so assume like you can't touch that subject whatsoever because the movie itself does not portray itself in a way that's uh, that any kid shouldn't watch right. or like that any parent watching it would think I wouldn't want a kid to see this or like nothing comes up in there that that would be weird like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing questionable. Like, yeah, he, there's nothing like I would say questionable. Like they're they're just like crushing on people. And the closest like, the closest the, thing is when she first turns into the to the red panda, and her mom like comes rushing to her room with like pads and stuff. Like that's like that's the closest thing you get to like overt period it, talk. It, it, if you took the bread panda part out of it, it would still just be about her changing and like right. wanting to become a woman with her friends and like crushing on people. Like you literally see her in the movie go from like being like, Oh, you guys like this guy at the like convenience store to then being like, I love that scene. I and mean, we will, we'll talk about it. But like, she's kind of like, he's not that cute. I, well, I guess the smile is nice. I guess. Yeah. I guess his arms are kind of cool. And, uh, and then like, she just, it just like, it kind of like hits her. Like, she starts crushing oh, on him. It's really fun. And I love that she's fucking drawing him as a mermaid with the six pack. Yes. And his arms are getting as She's like, start it, that seems I, hilarious. So, I mean, we can talk about it. Um, but uh, I liked that it was not like, I liked that it, the style lent itself to being like cartoony. Like she rolls under the bed and like starts drawing like this without looking. And mm-hmm. then like by the time her mom comes in the room, like 30 seconds later, she has like a notebook full of like <laughs> right. stuff. And it's like, that just couldn't have happened. They're not, but they're not paying attention to that sort of like detail. It's just more like, it's just a more general kind of like silliness and the cutaways, the kind of like, you know, it zooms into her face and she's sweating. Mm-hmm. And I loved that there was like a little bit of a difference of style. Like it looks all, it looks amazing. It's got a great like look to it all visually. And even though that's sort of cartoony, there is like a realistic, you know, lighting and, you know, coloring and all that kind of stuff. But I appreciated that they were also willing to get goofy and just kind of like Mm -hmm. throw realism to the wind for some scenes, the way that people were kind of like moving around and stuff like that, I thought was really fun to me. I would also like to shout out the movie for uh, taking place in Robert's ancestral home of Toronto, (laughs) Canada. Thank Um, you so much. Also, um, Max, I'll return to you in a second, but like I, I, think the 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 really weird thing that kept throwing me off about the movie is that it takes place in 2002 mm-hmm. and like i just kept forgetting until like somebody like pull out like a cell phone or something and i was just like oh right i for some reason this movie takes place in 2002 and also makes like the boy band hit so much harder because it's just like the perfect time for like that to be like not that we don't have boy bands right now but I, like it feels like i that guess was but- just like the the whole time I was just like, oh, this is a like because I kept forgetting it was two thousand two. I was just like, oh, this is a One Direction slash like BTS band, not like oh, that's Backstreet Boys. Like it's like the idea of a boy band is no longer like you know like uh, only established as like a late nineties early two thousands thing anymore. So I was sort of like, yeah, of course, like that's a One Direction 
BTS, whatever. Like, so I was just like, I kept forgetting that it was in 2002 until somebody like brought out their like Nokia brick cell phone. I was like, oh, right. Fuck, I forgot. Yeah. Anyways, Max, what were you going to say? I enjoyed that she didn't have one dude crush that like was the hunk of the school that she was really into. I like that she crushed on guys that she was not into, but then like found something intriguing about them there was the yeah. guy who worked at the store that they walked past that her friend was into and so eventually mm-hmm. she got into there was a guy that they show for one second like opening up his locker and she's like head over heels yeah he one of the goth comes, boys he never comes back ever in that movie and then of course he's in a couple uh, scenes but she's not like but you're right she's not like swooning after uh, about him the afterwards really it's just kind yeah. of like a momentary thing and then there's all the the four town boys mm-hmm. that they're all into oh yeah. love that you guys know that um, I believe it. Billie Eilish and her brother wrote all the songs mm-hmm. for that boy band. Yeah, I thought that was a cute, cute note. And did you? It's the original scores, other than Billie Eilish, or maybe even including some of those, were also done by the guy who does Mandalorian and the guy who did like Black Panther. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, Jor- wow. Jorgensen or whatever. Huh. Hmm. It's good. I liked all the music. There's a there's some really good music when she kind of like transforms at school and then runs home which is like so dope like the beat of it was really awesome Mm -hmm. also like i already mentioned like the cartooniness it becomes like a giant like anime kaiju fight at the end which i really appreciated to the point where like yeah like gravity was just being completely ignored and i but i i loved it i loved it it sort of felt like Um, the end of a marvel movie to be to be frank (laughs) yeah except uh unlike some marvel movies where like the big cg battle at the end sort of takes it down i felt like there was still a lot of like heart and meaning behind yeah, it. So I sure. appreciated that too. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if we're like going through the plot, but I just like, don't, I just have so many nice things to say about it. I really loved Mei Lin. I think the main character was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved how like expressive she was and the themes of it too. I mean, it's very much like the director, you know, is a, Chinese and and lived in Canada so I feel like it's very much drawing off of that exact time period and kind of her upbringing and all the stuff that kind of comes along with it um I wish I knew Toronto better because it seems like they very beautifully recreated it mm-hmm. um and but I really love too her posse of friends her the the friend group was so I thought that was so well done the mm-hmm. scene where they come into her bedroom and like she has like she's turning into the the panda and they don't freak out and they're just like, you know, like, we're your friends. Like, we don't care what you look like. I thought that scene was so good and so touching and like what makes like adolescent friendships so like, like last forever. Like that sort of feeling was so like it evoked so well from that scene. I thought they did so well with that. I love um, Abby, the little her little Korean friend. It mm-hmm. was like such like a gremlin and was like also like maybe like the the one who was crushing the hardest on people who's just like, you know, we could, we, don't forget, you know, four town, like they're cute. And she's like, yeah, but that costs like a million dollars. And, and like, she's like, and Devin is free and here. Like <laughs> she was like jumping around like a little gremlin. I loved her. And like, we, I knew people like that. I knew like right. the kids that like wouldn't sit still and were just like always on like that. I love that. I loved Priya. She was all into like the twilight books and was very like, what was, Low key. What was Even when she was excited, she was like, "This is great. I love it." <laughs> what was the What was the Twilight? What was the fake Twilight they came up with? Oh, I can movie? probably pull it up actually. Uh, if you If you There's like a, I'll put it in the chat if I can find it too. But um, 
Nightfall, the final chapter by Roberta Moyer yeah. is the book she's reading. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. Also, um, um, do you know what the uh, what the working title for this movie was? No, what was like, it? It was like, not the working title, but like on the, um, in there's a documentary for this on Disney Plus and somebody posted a still from it. Mm-hmm. And so like the working title within the company for a while was My Neighbor Toronto. That's oh, really nice. funny. That's really funny. I don't think it would have worked no, of course as well not. for the title. No, of course not. Um, but I just think that was a very funny. That's a very funny, like secret or like working title for it. I love yeah. that. Um, Priya. And then, oh yeah. I also wanted to mention, um, uh, oh fudge. Why can't I think of, oh, Miriam, Miriam. Who's like, k- kind of like, kind of like a funny girl and, and her mom is like hating on her, which is like also like a thing that I think we probably experienced where like one of our parents is maybe like, mm, I don't know about that kid that you hang out with. And just and like for some reason, it's like one of the friends in the friend group. It's not like the entire group. It's just like she, she says later before they're like going to like the mathletes class and she's not really, she's like, oh, you know, like Priya and Abby are great, but I feel like Miriam maybe is like pulling you down or whatever. And mm-hmm. just like, she doesn't even know anything about her. She's right. just being judgmental for no reason. And she was so goofy and maybe not the leader of the group, but she was just, I don't know. It was just like, it felt very realistic. Mm-hmm. Those, those, all of them together. I, I really loved that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We already mentioned, I love her, do- her doodles and stuff like that. When she, I love how quick the movie like starts up too. like Malin starts, you know, introducing herself. You see kind of like how good she's doing at school and trying to honor her family and stuff and loves all of her friends and, you know, hangs out with them. But like, they they later say like we don't really see you all that much because you're like so pulled to your mom and your mm-hmm. duties and stuff like that. Um I'll tell you what, I could also just see a whole Disney movie of uh her father making food. Because just yeah. that one cut they only did one cutaway to it when they go to eat dinner early on. And it's so great and it looks so delicious. And um yeah, I really love that as well. Um plus I'm also just a big fan of actual red pandas. We have a couple at the zoo here in Seattle. Um, so they couldn't have picked a cuter animal to kind of have as the, you know, the thing, mm-hmm. the only, the, my, maybe my minor criticism, and cause we brought this up on another episode, this is another example of it's a Pixar fun movie. So I feel like it just kind of comes with the territory, but it is also another thing where a minority becomes a creature in the movie and is like represented that way in a lot of the movie. Cause we've talked about this with like soul and princess and the frog and a lot of different things where it's like, they get to be at the forefront, but they also spend a lot of time in like this other form. And, but because the movie I think does such a great job of highlighting, like I said, if you took the red panda out, it would still be about a girl going through puberty and experiencing like tough changes. Mm -hmm. I think it works a lot better for me because the metaphor is straight alongside that basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really loved that about it. And I also loved, um, you know, she knows she's not supposed to go into panda form or the more she does, the harder it will be to, you know, do the ritual eventually and get rid of it and eventually decides to like start selling merch and mm-hmm. showing it off to the kids at school and them getting pictures. And I love when Tyler walks up and Abby's like, no Tyler's like on the uh-huh. sign. He, the way he laughed, like on the, I think it's when he's laughing at her when they're playing dodgeball and he like, you know, he ducks under her, her throw, but he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it, like I've also known kids who like, had that kind of like raspy kind of like annoying ass laugh and we're just like just assholes tyler tyler's the kid who like is sort of bullying them but like eventually kind of like they figure out he's also into four town 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the nice little twist at kind of near the end that that he's a he's a jerk to them throughout and then like kind of like blackmails Maylin to come he's, to his party because he, he knows that no one else will come. He was giving me major Flash Thompson in like Spider Man yeah. Homecoming vibes at that point. Well he's not he's not like he's not, you know, full on evil. He's just like a little dick. Yeah. And and then like even at the party where I was like, surely she's been there for the amount of time she was supposed to and gave him rides and everything. And he's like, come on down here and like keep doing more. And then immediately it goes for the jugular. Like go back to your temple. You freak. And yeah. just, I was just like, Oof, what a fucking asshole. But little kids going through puberty are assholes. So. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. What did you, what did you guys think of kind of how they, I, I don't know if we're, we're kind of jumping all around, but like, I really mm-hmm. liked the climax, especially kind of the, the stuff in the bamboo forest where it kind of like, you know, stops and takes a break and has that kind of another sort of metaphor of like, you know, parting with your panda spirit, I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they set up nicely too that like the dad drops a hint that like her mom, you know, went panda at one point too and was huge. And that's when we kind of get to the big kind of kaiju form of her at the mm-hmm. end, um, which I thought was like surprising. I wasn't expecting that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious when that when that showed up. I think also Sandra O oh did a great job throughout the whole thing. Oh yeah. yeah, she was really really good. There's a little scene where May gives her presentation to convince her to let her go, and I w- I wish I could read. I need to go back and pause like what was on the screen that she had set up. But she's like, you know, she can't go. And then Maylin's like, well, thanks for listening. Gotta go. And like tries to keep in that she's like so pissed and gives her like a little eye roll. Her mom goes like, and two hundred dollars for what? Who do they think they are? Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also immediate, the other great thing immediately after that scene, she's kind of like, how dare she, you know, like roll her eyes at me, her mother, blah, blah, blah. The the dad, Hey, your mom's on the phone. Don't, I'm not here. Like she, she doesn't want to talk to her mom. Another great example of two of like that cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like for a lot of folks, it's tough to break out of and not do the same things that, happen to you well, or especially you I, mean, I think like that's that is like especially true in like asian families like i think that is mm-hmm. a like i i have a a friend who is like sort of going through a thing where uh, you know maybe not i haven't talked to her in a couple of years but like i don't want to also say this person's name because i don't blow up their spot but like her parents are, like expect her to get arranged marriage because that was prominent in, in her culture oh interesting but her parents both bucked that tradition and didn't get arranged marriage but they expected for her their daughter and just that sort of like that inherent because, but do you think that's, that's because to do... they're disappointed they're like oh, we don't it would have want... been so much better if they want... had oh it would have been exactly. so much better and i'm and i'm i'm sure it's worked out for people and people have you know learned to love each other that's uh, yeah it's it, it is a traditional thing in some cultures it feels so non-traditional for others and i'm sure plenty right, of but people like, have that, gotten on fine with it that sort of thing is just so prevalent in like especially families that grew up sort of traditionally and like amongst the Asian cultures, even Asian American families or Asian Canadian families, where it's just like a lot of these traditions that are not familiar to a lot of Western families. Like, even if you are uh, like the, let's say you are Malin's mother who like doesn't want to talk to her own mother and all this stuff does raise her daughter to, she expects her to be as respectful as she is supposed to be to her mother even though she's sort of not, you know, not displaying that tendency herself, she expects it from her daughter. Mm-hmm. I know this shows up in Asian culture, but like in terms of movies, when I in in this movie, when I heard the 
the phrase honor your ancestors, right? Uh-huh. Spoken like that. I felt like this seems like a trope in movies mm-hmm. that they that every Asian has to honor their ancestors. But maybe I'm just out of the loop. Uh Maybe you should grow up in a she... fucking Asian family, Max. Maybe you should go back <laughs> well, no, no, in time. I, I but tried. I think, <laughs> I think like, especially to the point of like, they run a temple. They seem to be, it's hard to tell like what generation they are, yeah. but it seems like maybe the grandmother was like, was the one who came to their con- to the country first. And then like the mom and daughter have now like grown up in it. Mm-hmm. At least that's like the vibe I got. I don't know what the actual like timeline is supposed to be. But um, I think all of that too. But I like the detail that like they run the temple, but they they honored their specifically their ancestors not just a god Mm -hmm. and particularly like their old ancestor that kind of you know invoked that spirit initially yeah i thought was kind of a cool one i didn't notice until my because i watched it again today um the two red panda statues on the outside of the temple maylin greets when she comes to it and says hi bart hi lisa yeah yeah which i thought was fun that was cute um man i just i just don't really have i have just so many nice things to say about it. And I really hope, I, I guess the other bummer is um, I, I wish it had been, it had been given a chance in the theaters. Yeah. And I know it's still like a tough time for, for some movies and stuff. You don't think so? No, I think they should mm. fucking get over that shit. Give us, I mean, like, yeah, I guess you could put it out simultaneously in theaters. Yeah. But, yeah. But I love having it at home. That's, oh, no, that's I, my preferred. No, I, I agree. I think, I think for me, and I think this is divisive for some folks. I, I love going to the theater personally. I would, I want it to be safe when I go, but it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to know how that is right now. And, but I think the model that was working for me at least was that simultaneous one. Yeah. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that there's, you know, all sorts of behind the scenes where like, because of that, half the people that would have gone to the theater didn't. So it makes it look like the movie's a flop or whatever. And it's like, okay, well this all sucks. But I just feel like it, if this in any way limited viewership by having it only on the app, that would be a bummer, but I don't know if that's the case. It's also not one of the premium Disney plus movies. If you have Disney plus, this is free. It's on the main page. You can watch it right away. There's no extra upcharge. So maybe for that reason, it all evens out. I'm just thinking more in terms of like, I would hate to think that anyone missed out on it because they wanted to see it in theaters and didn't, or don't have Disney plus and we're counting on that or something. Um, and I think, at least with the way things are going, I, I I was liking the model of simultaneous release or like it's in theaters for a week and then it's only digital or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have minded the uh, the simultaneous release, uh, especially if it was, I mean, well, I don't know. You can't really do that. I, my, I just don't know enough like, about how it actually affects the everything behind the scenes, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't like the idea that it not getting released in theaters means that it's uh Less like somehow subpar yeah yes. that it, it like didn't really do what it could have done if it had gone to theaters like l- allow some stuff to just be uh like on services and it's sure. so easy to find a friend who's willing you to get willing to give you a password or you know just like invite you over to their house or whatever to to see the thing that it's i not, just heard today that netflix hard. might start cracking down on people using their relatives passwords they have like, been, god, I, I god forbid we've been I also hearing, heard we a been... lot of responses of people uh cracking down on on like netflix usage right like if they do that what's the point you know you're done i think it like, already feels like they're oh sorry go ahead andrew the they have been they've also been saying that thread for like eight years now and like i think what they have found is what i think max where you're about to get at which is the amount of people who are just going to not have netflix 
is I think much higher because you know, yes, they're not getting an additional fee from those people, but they are getting streams and eyeballs on their product, which is in turn how they sell, you know, like that, like that sort of data is, is good for them. So I think that that that's a, like when they say something like, Hey, we're going to start cracking down on password sharing. It's supposed to like discourage people from doing it further. I think is like the, the, the calculus of like maybe X, Y, and Z will be a little afraid of, of sharing. You know, if we say we're, we're you know, wagging our finger, we're not going to, we're not going to let you, but like ultimately the, I think they know the amount of people who, if like, for instance, like if they decide to crack down on password sharing and my dad suddenly doesn't have access to my Netflix, he's not going to sign up for his own Netflix account. He's just not going to have Netflix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I think they might even be saying it just for their shareholders who are probably whining about this thing and getting like totally hyped up about the, you know, oh, what, it, but it could be this. I heard the same thing about some like NFTs. There are a lot of uh, video game companies that are like announcing they're going into NFTs and just then the getting a huge time. blowback. <laughs> right at the height of NFTs, the perfect yeah, exactly. timing. And, and they get a huge blowback. Nobody wants them. Yeah. And then like they announce two days later that they're, they're canceling it, that yeah. they're not going into NFTs. And the, and somebody brought up at, at that point, like, Oh, maybe this is just, they have to do that to like cover their asses for the shareholders who say, uh, you know, Come on. Hey, why didn't yeah. you? Why didn't yeah. Someone why told didn't them you? it's a good it's idea. Like, and then they get to see the blowback and be like, well, see, it's actually not a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But it, um, it also tarnishes your reputation at that point. So I don't like, it seems like, uh, all, all of this to say, that. all of this to say, I really hope there's some, uh, turning red NFTs soon. <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. And let's hope to see turning red, the video game coming out any day now. <laughs> I do wonder if this is the kind of movie that would ever get like a, a sequel or like a spit, like a Disney plus series or something like that. Um, I would just love, I, I guess more than anything, I just want this director to be able to do more work with like Pixar or Disney. Um, Cause I really liked her, yeah. her vision and I would be excited to see what other stories I believe that she also did bow. Correct. That mm-hmm. short. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was a good one, which is a great I, one. I think um, um, you're more likely to see in the vein of, like between Toy Story and three and four, where there's a bunch of like shorts, I could see them doing like a short based on this, but I, I would be really surprised to see like a full blown sequel just cause I don't know what that would even be, but like maybe like a 15 minute short would be just like the perfect kind of like, sure. Hey, here's our characters like a few years later. They, they did, did like that- the, the Chow Alberto. I don't know if you guys watched that from Luca, mm-hmm. um, which they- I thought was really cute. So maybe you're right. I think something like in yeah. that vein might be a perfect kind of follow up or a reminder right. like, they Hey, did- you know, check out going red. We've this thing still out there. Yeah, so. they did I think they're going to go watch a curling tournament. <laughs> it is Canada after all. I did like, yeah, all the Canadian money, all the, all the little details are really great. You could tell it was, it was very much a love letter to that city. It yeah. seems like, so I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the movie before we head out? Hi. I mean, I'm just really, I want, I mean, Disney Plus isn't doing free trials anymore because they have such a huge catalog that they're kind of confident that you will just sign up and start paying eight bucks a month or, you know, whatever the price is for a year. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage folks to give, you know, if you haven't signed up for Disney Plus, give it a shot, sign up for a month at least, watch this movie. It's so worth it. You've already mentioned, you guys, that this maybe is one of the better Pixars in a while. And and that's saying, even considering that I have liked the last few Pixars Mm -hmm. as well, um, but it just felt very personal I, I will reference that um 
really bad, uh, that poorly worded review. Um, and I go back on everything I said. I just couldn't get into it because I wasn't an Asian girl growing up in Canada. It just doesn't relate to me at all. <laughs> so I have no, I couldn't connect. Unlike Toy Story or Finding Nemo right. or uh, any other movie or where any I, of the I'm Marvel, not the main character. Any of the Marvel movies that include space gods and mm-hmm. TikTok. I wizards. have secret superpowers, so it's very easy for me to get in the Marvel universe, but yeah. ugh, I can't do this Red Panda thing. No, of course I'm kidding. Uh, that person was uh, blasted off the internet, I think. Yes. Um, it's great. You owe it to yourself to watch this film. Max? Only see it in theaters. <laughs> there we go. Finally, yeah. we turned him. Don't ruin it by watching it at home. Yeah, that's direct from Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love to give Marty's perspective on the pod. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's yeah. If you're hesitant about it for whatever reason, ignore it. Watch the movie; it's wonderful. Um, you'll be glad you did. And that'll do it for us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.